Hello and welcome to the fourth episode of the Special Qualities podcast from the National Park. I'm Alec, the Plastic Free Adwithva Officer, and I'm joined today by Patrick Young and Hero Douglas to talk about the inspiration for the arts, which is one of the special qualities of the Ereri National Park. We're sat here today at uh, Plas Tanabolch in the beautiful gardens here on a glorious day. And I'm looking forward to having a conversation with both of my guests today about this particular special quality, inspiration for the arts, and how they've been influenced by the Ereri National Park. I think we'll just start off by giving a quick introduction to both. Hero, would you like to maybe talk a bit about who you are, where you live, and what you do? So, my name's Hero Douglas. I'm 24. I live in Kapakarig, which is where I've lived most of my life. Um, I'm a musician, a composer. I'm doing a PhD in composition, um, mostly for the harp, but also a bit of vocal um, music. Um, I'm also a mountain leader and on the mountain rescue team. Thank you so much. And Patrick? Uh, I'm a director of opera, which means I get involved in the impossible task of trying to get singers to act on the stage. And uh, I'm the founder and artistic director of the world's only Welsh language opera company called Opera Cymru. So you're both in the field of, of, of music and I'd be interested to hear about your backstory, maybe how you got into music and perhaps your relationship with Ereri and, and how that might have influenced both of your passions for music and and how you pursued a career in, in that? Um, well, yeah, I grew up in um, Kabakarig and I've always been, I've always had a great love for music. I used to re-watch um, the songs in all Disney movies, much to my <laughs> brother's annoyance. <laughs> um, and I went to a Welsh school in Llanrwys called Esgobrogwydir, where music was sort of intrinsically part of our curriculum. Mm -hmm. We got offered the choice to play, I think it was the recorder, drums, violin or harp. Mm -hmm. I, I probably would have been about five or six years old uh -huh. and they were very cheap lessons um, so they were offered to everybody and I chose the drums originally but they were full I uh -huh. couldn't play the drums so yeah. then I got the harp which I'm obviously very grateful for now and then um, I think I realized also quite quickly that I really enjoyed performing and mm. um, the I said words and all of that sort of from a small scale to a much bigger scale was um, an amazing opportunity to really get um, stuck in and to be able to perform um, yeah, it was, and then obviously growing up somewhere so beautiful, um, <laughs> but also quite rural yeah. and uh, not not boring in the sense that you know it's there's I love climbing and swimming sure. and being in the mountains, so I was very enriched in that way. But it also meant that when the weather was bad, I was sat inside a lot, <laughs> um, and there wasn't like cinemas or you know so many local shops other than outdoor shops, which right. I wasn't very interested in at yeah. that point. Um, yeah. So yeah, a lot of um, reading and listening to music and mm -hmm. writing and playing the harp. Brilliant. And you play, do you play the triple harp as well? No, no triple. Okay. okay. <laughs> I play the little Celtic harp okay. and then the big pedal harp. Lovely. Great. And what's your, what's your backstory, um, so to speak? Well, I suppose I'm a musician monkey. I'm just terrible at it, but love it. And um, I suppose I... I, a little bit like you here, I just appreciate, I think music needs a context where you can listen. And I like to listen. And it's very hard if you're in, a, particularly I think in a 
a city environment to to listen fully to music. So having the effect, effectively having uh, noise cancelling headphones without the headphones, but cancelling the noise is a great way to appreciate music. So that's been a real help to me. And I, I have a view from my house, which I get perhaps a third of the year, which is off the top of Urwedva. And I get a very strong sense of aiming high mm -hmm. from that. And I think that has certainly helped my artistic ambition mm -hmm. for, for the company. So it's interesting there you've just tied in another one of the National Park's special qualities into your inspiration, uh, which is tranquility, which is a very important part of the National Park and one of the primary special qualities of the area. Um, is there any particular place you'd say, Hero, I mean, uh, Patrick just spoke about Arwivva being in sight a third of the year, which I think is a bit optimistic, but... Um, <laughs> hey, well. um, is there any... any particular place and that that could be either a location a, a community um, uh, somewhere that might have inspired you more than anywhere else in the national park that you could talk about yeah well I live about a five minute walk from Flemming Mumbird mm -hmm. um, and I've always really enjoyed swimming when I was younger I had a great deal of hip surgery and so swimming was something that I could do relatively easily and I was as good as the other kids whereas I couldn't walk or run as well as the other children mm -hmm. Um, and I got really fixated on the sounds of the water and the mm -hmm. sound of being underwater and mm -hmm. I would record the sounds of the water a lot um, and then try and create those textures in my music. Like one of my favourite harp pieces is a piece called La Source mm -hmm. and it depicts a waterfall and it was the first piece I watched my harp teacher play mm -hmm. and it made me obsessed with trying to learn that piece which is why I think I practised right. so much. Um, but that idea of sort of creating the textures and the, the things that we see in the natural world and then putting them into music. Um, similarly, I would, you know, it was all my background um, and back garden growing up. So, um, and I'd do a lot of physical activity and the way that my heartbeat would change, mm -hmm. I really liked to try and take that and use that as a rhythm within a piece of music. Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, growing up and having that be where I played was right. definitely very um, inspirational to my music. Amazing, amazing. And how do you, how would you say that you would evoke a sense of place in, in your work? You are involved in writing operas along with local musicians, composers. Um, how, how do you evoke that sense of place in your operas? That's, that's a tough one. Um, uh, and I suppose I, I defer to the composer we do commission new work, and uh, some of that's very exciting. We've got a, a film on the stocks, a filmed opera on the stocks with Gareth Glynn at the moment. Uh, and uh, but the, but we work with other composers, and it's I kind of hand it over to the composers to make something of the music for for that. Um, but of course, with the story, uh, one of the things that we're very keen to do is. Uh, to, to create stage stories through music which speak to place, which speak particularly to Wales and I think also at a remove to the spirit of Wales which I think is uh, very well preserved um, in, in the National Park um, and perhaps is a better advertisement for Wales than, I don't know, 
your average caravan park or whatever <laughs> in other parts. Yeah. So there's other thing. What, what does it say? Which I I noticed as probably because I'm getting old uh, about where I am and how I respond to where I am. There's a sense, particularly in the summer, where the yet to five o'clock in the afternoon and everything stops. It's as though time stands still. Mm-hmm. And that's like a window on another world. Mm-hmm. And I think music is a way of getting time to stand still. Mm-hmm. So I feel very comfortable. It's not only that I don't have to listen to too many motorbikes or mm-hmm. traffic or traffic going past the front door, which I don't have. Um, it's also this sense that time is standing still mm-hmm. and it allows a, 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 a more creative dimension in one's life, which is something I really appreciate. And, and do you feel something quite similar in Kapolkidig, where you're based as well? Yeah, I, I mean, I did originally move away, but now I live in a stable in my mum's garden. Right. <laughs> and that's where I work and it's got these huge windows that look out onto the Carnedai. Um, and yeah, it's it's a wonderful place to work and be, and you can see the weather rolling in from the hills. Absolutely, it's, yeah, it definitely helps one and feel quite I, I think there's another thing which is, uh, we all know that the Welsh language is a, uh, as they say, Europe's one of Europe's oldest living languages, um, and it's accrued a lot of influences from the Romans, from I think from the Greeks as well, and unfortunately perhaps from the Saxons, but the the language has root somehow in the geography, in the topography mm-hmm. and uh, something that I feel as a learner that I'll never get my head around which I really want to is how so much of uh, uh, the language uses the natural environment to express uh, human feelings or human thoughts mm-hmm. um, and these expressions I think are dying out sadly but I think they have a very strong connection mm-hmm. with place, with the seasons, with the weather yeah. and uh, that's a very important part of what we do because obviously we, pr- we create new opera in Welsh. Yeah. Can I put you on the spot and ask you for any examples that might spring to mind on the vibrancy of the Welsh language and its connection to the landscape? Uh, you can, I, I, I can't answer, I've got, I mean there's a, it's not a particular expression but there's a nice expression for the summer solstice. Um, which is troed afroed, which is the turn of the wheel, mm-hmm. and there's something very satisfying and Celtic about that. Yeah. But there are many more mm-hmm. expressions which are familiar expressions, um, which I think convey uh, the culture's deep roots within the landscape. Okay, great. And I, I'd just like to speak uh, very briefly and, and crowbar my own kind of project into this podcast. Um, Hero, you reached out to me, I think it was about six weeks ago, maybe a bit longer, um, and contacted me with the idea of, of composing an original piece uh, for the Plastic Free and with uh, initiative. I'd just like to hear very briefly maybe about why it is that you got in touch with me, um, what your inspiration was drawn from. I think it's important probably to mention that there's a very positive inspiration there as well, mm-hmm. but there's obviously a, an adverse effect that's had that there's been an adverse kind of um, uh, effect on that environment that has obviously inspired that as well which yeah. is less positive yeah. but could you just talk to me very briefly about why it is that um, that you got in touch 
Well, um, I got in touch because I saw it online, um, obviously that the campaign was happening, um, and I spend a lot of time on Edwidba. I work as a mountain leader, and it's probably you know where I'll be on a Friday, Saturday, and <laughs> Sunday, <laughs> walking up and down the Chambers Path. And I have always yeah, grown up with a, an immense amount of respect and love for this natural world, and it's been really heavily ingrained in me that you're only as healthy as the world around you, um, and the importance of keeping it clean and well looked after and it's not that um you know i begrudge people that don't necessarily have i do some <laughs> somewhat um that don't have that sort of respect but i definitely i think coming from cities and coming from somewhere you are maybe less connected to the land around you um there is less of an understanding about the importance of not littering and not damaging the natural world um and yeah it was a shock to be honest that um how much litter I would see up there, mm -hmm. how people could stand in front of this glorious, beautiful mountain mm -hmm. and toss a plastic bottle mm -hmm. out of their bag. Yeah. Um, and I think it, you know, it's to do with a whole wide variety of things, a lack of facilities. People don't necessarily understand that there won't be rubbish bins every 100 meters mm -hmm. or toilets or that the cafe has been shut since 2019. You know, people have this idea that it will be more I guess accessible um, but yeah I just found it really disheartening um, it's this obviously I've, as I've talked about this area has really shaped um, my life and shaped the person I am and, and I felt immense um, sadness being separated from yeah, it which is absolutely. hence why I still live in Kapil Kering 24 years later um, but yeah I wanted to create something and I know myself how powerful music can be as a tool for change and as a tool for making people change the way they think um, yeah. and really want to do something and I thought maybe if I could write a catchy piece of music that I felt sort of got those feelings out yeah. um, that maybe it would resonate with some people. Absolutely. So have you have you written it? Yeah. Oh yeah. great. I've it written a song um, sort of personifying Urwidva. Um, I don't know if that's my place to do that but I have done it um, and it sort of um, contains like a lot of Urwidva's history, the mythology um, and it's a plea to stop people um, littering. And it's a really evocative piece, I don't want to give too much of it mm -hmm. away, it's bilingual and um, it's, it's really haunting, it's really really beautiful and um, I really appreciate your support and mm -hmm. looking forward to releasing, um, releasing it alongside some very interesting um, and relevant content to go with it as well. Um, it's interesting you were talking there about um, how the environment has shaped you and mm -hmm. I think through writing this song that you have an opportunity to to an extent shape the environment yeah, in return yeah it's felt like the first thing that maybe i i mean i've i've been a vegan for most of my life so um activism in music has been something that's always been really interesting to me mm -hmm. um and i've written an activism musical um mm -hmm. and i've written children's songs um that sort of I remember all of the lullabies and things I was taught as in nursery rhymes I was taught at school and I just thought imagine if they had a really powerful message because right, um, yeah. these they really do stay with us mm -hmm. um, and it was just it felt like an, another opportunity to do something I want to do something powerful with yeah. music because um, it is such a powerful tool for change I think. absolutely and I, 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 I appreciate you probably trying to shape shape um, perhaps not the natural environment but the uh, communities that you're performing in and working in, um, could you speak to us a bit about how you're developing the tradition of music in Ereri? Uh, yes, well I think everyone's concerned about uh, uh, the, the follow-on, the c 
corollary of what you're describing here in people who almost treat uh, the National Park or Erwisva as a, as a kind of joyride in some way um, because they, they come from a completely different environment. Um, and what I think is really important is that uh, communities are sustained in these environments because it's the communities that can offer the greatest protection. Mm -hmm. um, and so part of our ambition is to, to try and create jobs which are lasting jobs. Mm -hmm. um, it's, if anyone mentions the word opera, there are various reactions from <laughs> past the sick bag to, um, oh, that's very elitist, I don't want to deal with that. Mm -hmm. Um, and I, I do, I'm a revolutionary myself in the sense that I want to change that. I would really like uh, what we do to, to, to be felt that it is a part of uh, North Wales. It's a part of Blaine of Fisiniog, which is the area in which we're based, and that it has a vital contribution both economically and in terms of the community uh, in preserving what is, I think, in great danger of being lost because we're just going to become a kind of a lay-by on the, on the way to Erwisva or on the way to some other joyride. Mm -hmm. And I think we need to try and stop that. So there's a, I suppose there's an economical and there's a political objective as well mm -hmm. in what we're trying to do. But preserving communities and, and part of the, the fact that we perform in Welsh, which as it turns out, which I didn't expect, um, we translate operas, but we also create new operas. But Welsh as a language is absolutely perfect for singing. Mm -hmm. yeah, um, it, it suits it so well. Mm -hmm. uh, the voices, actually, from just this, you know, very small part of the world, mm -hmm. it is a miracle that there are so many really interesting, talented. And can I just interrupt you? Why do you think it is that this is such a hotbed for for talent? I think. That, well, I think there are a couple of things. Uh, uh, there's a there's a nice story that a, a quite well known Welsh tenor called Alid. Um, Alid, oh, I've got his name now. That's terrible. Uh, uh, tells of his first experience of going to the Royal College of Music in London, and he felt such an idiot because all his colleagues were talking about the meaning of Shakespeare, or, or it was all sounded very educated, whatever. But when it came to standing on the stage and performing, they turned to jelly and they were very nervous and they didn't, they couldn't stand, they didn't know what to do. He said, I was brought up in the chapel tradition and the Estevod tradition. Mm -hmm. Getting up on the stage was just second nature to me. So right. I had no issue with that. Mm -hmm. And I think, so that's, the Estevod, I think that tradition is very helpful in, in making performers comfortable with what they're doing. The language also helps that. If you're singing in your own language, it is a natural thing to do. So as somebody wants to direct people in how they act, it's really important that what they do looks natural, mm -hmm. I think. And so that's another very important ingredient. So um, they do say it's the water as well. Mm -hmm. I can't answer to that one. <laughs> but uh, yeah, there are yeah. various factors it's that It's another it. one of our unofficial special qualities, probably. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to have to wrap up this conversation because um, we've almost run over time. <laughs> but I'd just like to thank you both so much for a really enlightening conversation about this special quality. Uh, inspiration for the arts from the Arredi National Park. Um, uh, I hope to speak to you both again soon and here I look forward to working further with you on this very exciting project. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you.